Who can tell me what we learned about God on the connection of one of the things he does last week? What did we say God does? In your stroll in the kingdom, we found out that God is a... Thank you so much. It's always the younger people. It's less of them and... They're taking notes. Okay, so we found out that, thank you, LaRonda, and representing Clark Atlanta University, too, our alma mater, Go Panthers, yep. So we, we discovered that God is a poet, and you need to know it, right? And we found out that not only does he write poetry, you could say the whole book of poetry, the books of poetry, Songs of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, and uh, the Book of Wisdom, of course, is Proverbs, but the fact of the matter is he wrote a poem in a verse, Anybody remember what that verse was? Minister Steve, do not tell them. You either, Dr. Sewell. Ephesians 2.10, which says what? We are his masterpiece. Say that. I am. I'm God's masterpiece. That's correct. You are an original. There ain't nobody like you. Right? In the whole world, there's nobody like you. If you don't like what he made, you got to take it up with the maker. The worst thing you could do is be a cheap imitation, a knockoff, trying to be somebody you're not. Because if you are trying to be somebody you're not, we're missing an original from the master's design. All right. So we went through that. The, the fact that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, that we might work in good works, that the Lord ordained that we would walk in beforehand. It's the word workmanship that takes us back to the original word poiemo, which is where we get the word poem from. So that's the reason why we are God's poem, a masterpiece, unique unto itself. It behooves us to know the lines. Yo, all right. It behooves you to know what God has written. Didn't you just see in the book of Revelation, he's given you a name that he's put on you? So if he has actually written the name, or if you will, your life, the poem that he has, wisdom says we need to find out what he wrote and be about the business of living those words. All right. So we went on to say, and I didn't share this, but I'll just go over this now. You can do life two ways. You can live your life to make your own work. Or you can let your life become his work, his masterpiece, his poem. Understand this. Poems don't write themselves. Poems have an author. Your life is either the byproduct of what you have written and others have spoken, or you are working your way into position to let him write on you what you ultimately live. So if you are the author of your life, you are actually creating a selfie where you are taking pictures of yourself and showing the image you want people to see who are likely taking pictures of themselves because they are also the author of their own life, which ultimately leaves unlived, unfulfilled life talking to unfulfilled people, hoping we can get some fulfillment behind what somebody thinks about what we're doing, which is false if you really evaluate it. So the goal of taking selfies in the spirit realm ought to not be your job. You ought to just let that thing go and let God take the real picture of you so that you can, according to the Old Testament writings of the prophets, he will show the house 
to the house. The house of God being shown to you. So we went on and said at the end that poems written by God flow from the author's heart to be willing recipients who live the stanzas of the pages that he has written of us, which is flat out in the scripture. So the other thing we talked about last week is what is God's priority? Anybody remember what that is? There are two priorities that he has. Now, we know the commandment, love the Lord with all of your heart, all your soul and your mind. And the second one is likened unto it, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. But what was the other thing we said as the priority or that is the priority of God? Say that again. Seek the kingdom of God. That's it. And his righteousness. Come on. Y'all know this verse. And then what? And all the other things are going to be added unto you. Now, why do we put that first? Why is that the priority? Well, you got to look at the reality of what Jesus said is not the priority. The, the things that are not the priority in America is the priority. So it's no wonder that we stumble when God's trying to take us to the next level. He let us come to this level by his grace. But now that he requires knowledge, that you walk in accordance with what you know, if you don't know it, you struggle and you blame the devil. Y'all all right? Because here's the deal now. If he said, these things do the Gentiles seek. And we're seeking clothing and houses and where we're going to live and what we're going to wear. If that's our priority, now let's face it, that's a lot of our priority. Oh, see, y'all don't even act like. See, it is your priority if you haven't sought the kingdom first. The reason why he put the kingdom last is because he wanted to connect with the culture. This is what you're concerned about most of all. Uh, put that verse up, please. I, I didn't ask for it, but it's the same set of verses. Uh, actually, go, if you will, from verse 23 down to 33, Shaley, and I think that's already queued up from last week. Thank you. No one can serve two masters. Why in the world is he starting off with that? Because he's trying to appeal to the kingdom people, the Jews at this point, to understand if you're going to follow me, King Jesus, you're going to have to recognize that there is a foe out there. He's not a formidable foe. He's a defeated foe. He's a foe nonetheless. But what we've got to recognize is the two masters require allegiance. He then explains it. You're going to either love one and hate the other, or you're going to hate one and love the other. But in the end, no man, come on, can serve to, you just can't do it. So again, grace has brought us to a point, knowledge, I'm talking about awareness of how the kingdom works, is going to take you into this never-ending flow of what God desires. You can't get there serving two masters. This is what serving the wrong master looks like. Verse number 23, word about life. See, see, y'all got all quiet on me. You know there's some people in your life you're worried about today. And you flat out don't have any business worrying about them because he goes on to say, does worry even add to your height? So then why are we acting and practicing items through habits that do nothing for us in the form of profitability and then turn around and say, praise the Lord? It's because we don't understand. That's all. But in all of our getting, we're going to get some understanding. Goes on to say, don't worry about your life. That includes your light bill, your gas bill, your car note, your mortgage, your IRS payments, the cousin that you owe from five years ago, 
Don't worry about your life, about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on your body. Uh, life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. That's the reason why some of us, not you, but as soon as I said fast, what are we going to do? Because you're worried about your life. You're worried about what you're going to eat and what you can't eat. How long is it going to be? I mean, good Lord, have mercy. Did you read the verse? Because we cater to ourselves more than we cater to God. On the regular now. So I'm saying we got to get to the place where we recognize as a citizen of the kingdom, I owe the king something. At the least of these things is to at least pay attention to what the king said. Because the king said, don't worry about this stuff because you're not in the kingdom of worry. You're in the kingdom of abundance. So if you are in the kingdom of abundance, you can't talk to a lot of people who live in the kingdom of worry. And some of us are in both camps. You worry and you trust God. It's a bad place to be. Bitter and water ought not come from the same fountain, the Bible says. These things ought not be so. He goes on to even talk about the birds. He says, the birds of the air, they don't toil, they don't sow, they don't gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So if he's feeding people who don't even know, or feeding entities his creation, if he's feeding his creation that doesn't know how to feed itself, how much more can he feed you when he taught you how to take care of yourself? So are you not more valuable than they? See, they dropped off again. See, you are a masterpiece. He's not leaving you weathered as a masterpiece because then the piece isn't mastered. It doesn't look great anymore. And I'm going to tell you, he can get glory out of broken glass. I'll stay here. I just need to stay here. Are you not more valuable? Verse 28. So why? Why do you worry? You got to ask yourself that question. Why do I worry? Answer, because I do have two masters. That verse said, no man can serve it, but I got them. I got two masters. I got a master Monday through Friday, Saturday, and I got a Sunday master. My Sunday master can't get beyond the end of the day because when the real life starts happening, then I turn to the master of what I got to get done. Because, you know, you got to do what you got to do. That's what your master has told you. But Jesus made it clear. No man, read it with me, can have, can serve two masters. You either hate one, love on the other, or you love one and hate on the other. It's right here in writing. He goes on to now move from the animals to the grass. Why do you think God's doing this? Somebody tell me. It's all around you. He's making it to the irreducible zero. He's making this thing plain. You see those animals whom you're in charge of? I take care of them. You see the grass that they eat? I take care of the grass. Now, which of you can, one, take care of the animals? None of you. You're done. How many of you can take care of the grass? Maybe, but even that has some cancer stuff in it. They just found out. Roundup, right? Bad stuff. He says, you can't fix either of these. So I'm trying to tell you why do you worry? As glorious as Solomon was, why did he bring a person into this? Because they knew Solomon. They knew he was the richest man. They knew he was notable. He's noble. And they said not even he and all of his glory could make himself look like one of these. 
So he goes on here to say, therefore, second time, perhaps third, do not worry, saying. You can tell what you're worried about by what you're saying. And if you want to be cute and don't say it, but you're thinking it, his word is sharper than any two-edged sword. He knows what you're thinking. So the goal is not to pretend you don't know that he knows because you know. As long as you know, we've already hit the most important place because God already knows what you should be doing. But what you are doing, you got to know. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to know. 